Blog Talk Radio. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Leads me beside the waters of rest. He restores my soul. Though I walk through the valley, thou art with me. Yes, good morning. This is Pastor Jim Newsom, and this is Truth in the Word on Christian Survival Radio. It's the 25th day of October 2018. We're broadcasting you today from North Central West Virginia. Before we get into the Word, let us go to prayer. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for another day. We thank you today that your Lord is everlasting. You said your, your heavens and your earth will pass away, but your Word by no means ever pass away. We thank you today that you are the living word and you sent your word and you healed us. Father, we can't do a thing today without, unless you anoint us and use us, God. Let this broadcast be yours, highest behind your precious cross and do what needs to be done. You know, every individual is going to listen to this today and we ask you, Lord, you touch them, save them, deliver them and set them free. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. A third part of the book of Revelation, the apocalypse, the unveiling of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The entire book, the entire Bible is the unveiling, the revelation of who he is, what he is. The Bible declares there's coming a day when he will rule the world with a rod of iron. I say that many times, but that's what the Bible says. And he will rule from a precious city called what? Jerusalem. That is the center of all the earth, is that holy city where God wrote his name. The word of God declares that he will rule for 1,000 years, after which Satan will be loosed again, and there will be another judgment, and eternity will start. And God Almighty... will rule this world through Jesus Christ. In the beginning, God, Elohim, plurality, the the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So the book of Revelation, as we spoke last time, it was uh, for comfort, not confusion. If we rightly divide the word of truth, don't get caught up in the symbols and things of this nature, but read the word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you, which we can't do anything with him because the Bible says that the Lord, our Savior, is the spirit of prophecy. But it's a very, very important book. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. It's a very important scripture. So should the book of Revelation be read, of course, part of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, rightly dividing the word of truth. Genesis is the the Alpha 
Revelation is the Omeka, the beginning and the end. Jesus Christ concealed in the old, revealed in the new, our soon coming king. But blessed is he that reads this book and hears the words and keeps those things which are written therein. We see the three things that, that, that we must do to get blessed by this book. We must read, we must hear, and we must keep those things that are written. So this is part three of chapter one. We're going to start around verse nine today, talking about the voice that John heard and the vision that he saw. Now, John was on the Isle of Patmos for the witness or the testimony of his Savior, our Savior, which is who? Jesus Christ. John was the last apostle to perish. As far as I know, he died a natural death, but he was persecuted terribly. He was, history declares he was boiled in, boiled in oil three times and still lived. They called him John the Immortal because God had a plan for him, and he wasn't going anywhere until that plan was completed. We see this in Paul's life, in Peter's life. Paul said, I've kept the faith. I've run this race. I've sought God. I've tried, I've tried to do the best that I can. Paul, Paul always showed his, his weaknesses, but yet he's always shown his, that his strength was in the one he persecuted for so long and the one who changed his life, which is who? Our Lord. So <clears throat> John heard a voice. They saw a vision. In Revelation 1, verse 9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. Dividing point here. And also in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that was called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now see, we see a division here. We see a man who was in Tribulation. That word tribulation means much trouble, much anguish, much pressure. But yet in the tribulation, his hope was in the kingdom and the patience or waiting on Jesus Christ to come back. The reconciliation of all things, the restitution of all things that's coming when Christ comes back to earth. What a glorious day that's going to be when he establishes First of all, his thousand-year reign on the face of this earth. When the Prince of Peace will come back to live with humanity again, never to be spat upon, never to be crucified, but he's coming back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, glorified. This is what we're going to see today. His exaltation, all dominion and all power is given unto him. As I've said a thousand times, we see men in this world struggling like, like mice in a maze for power and recognition and uh, authority and riches and everything this world can offer. But the Bible says, what was you given in exchange for your soul? Would the possessions of this world cause you to lose your soul? But the end of this, for all those that do not accept Jesus Christ, is the coming to the realization that he is Lord, the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
Though he was in tribulation, pressure. Anybody having pressure today? Anybody having trouble today? Anybody in a state of anguish today? A state of confusion. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion, but Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. So the men that went before us and women also that went before us, we have in common with them that they also suffered tribulation. Now the first century church was under much persecution under the, especially under the, uh, the, the power of a, of a king or a Caesar or a Nero. He was a, a staunch persecutor of the church of Jesus Christ. But it says, I, John, am your brother in tribulation, companion also. And he says, also, I am in the kingdom. He was kingdom-minded. Abraham, we see when we read of him that he was a nomad. He lived out of tents. He traveled vast miles and many miles to, 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 to follow what God had for his life. But the Bible declares he was looking for a kingdom and a city whose builder and foundation and maker is God Almighty. Be ye not troubled, for in my Father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare ye a place that where I am, there ye may be also. This is the hope they will have. And we see here the negative part, call it that, that he was in tribulation, which we all are in tribulation. There's a great tribulation coming. But Jesus said in John 16, these things have I spoken unto you, that ye in me, in me, you might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, he said. He said, I was on the Isle of Patmos. Prison Island. Many people know a lot of, like Devil's Island, they call it, where men were, are banished for life and live a life of incarceration under severe uh, persecution, physical problems, and, uh, you know, exposed to the elements and uh, hungry and thirsty and tired. He says, I was there not because I committed a crime, but because I preached the word of God and testified of Jesus Christ, the one who laid his head on the breast of our Lord the Last Supper, John the Beloved. Second Timothy says, Paul wrote to Timothy in Second Timothy three one says, "This know also that in the last days, peerless times shall come." That word peerless means fierce, where it's going to be hard. <laughs> we want to hear this. It's going to be hard to be a Christian. We haven't seen nothing yet. I believe that God is giving us grace, but there's coming a time when tribulation will increase. And peerless times are now on the face of crazy things that are happening. I, I read yesterday where an entire island disappeared in Hawaii because of a hurricane. An entire island. 
Luke says, and the waves and the seas will be roaring. Men's hearts will fail them for what they see coming on the face of the earth. It, is there a sense of urgency among the children of God that this gospel must be preached? The gospel is Jesus Christ. And to them that believe this gospel, he said, I'll give you the power to become the sons of God. He said, in the last days, Paul told Timothy, that peerless times shall come. So, John said, you're going to have tribulation, but yet we have this patience, and we're waiting for a kingdom that has not yet come. We are waiting for a day of redemption. We love his appearing. The first century church, who has all passed away, of course, by now, but they were waiting, and they loved the appearing. And their thrust was, we've got to get this gospel preached before he comes. There was a sense of urgency about them. Is that is that urgency in the church world today? Have we lost our first love as we're going to study the church at Ephesus? Are we Laodicean, which we're also going to study? Are we lukewarm? Are we riding the fence? Are we in the middle? And he said, I have somewhat against you. He says, repent, do your first works over as I come and remove the candle stick or the light bearer which takes the light out of the midst of the church. See, we have much given and much required. We have a responsibility. Our, our job as the church is to preach the gospel, what Jesus commanded us to do. Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation, every kindred, every tongue, every race, every creed, every color. It doesn't matter. We've got to preach the gospel because the gospel is universal. He died for every man and woman, boy and girl that was ever born. He's the Savior. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. In Revelation 12, verse 11, talk about the tribulation saints under much persecution. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Who's him? Satan, Beelzebub, the accuser, the resister, the one who's staunch against you, the one who accuses you before God. Zechariah chapter 3 and Job chapter 1. Read those. Or the accuser of the brethren accuses you day and night. And they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. Who do they testify about Jesus Christ? Who's the word? Uh, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word, the word was God, and the word was with God. And the word became God. Word, logos. In the beginning was Jesus. He's the word, the almighty word. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. So he says, I'm, I'm uh, looking for a kingdom. And I've, I've, I've got patience. I'm going to wait on the coming of the Lord. John never saw that day. But there's coming a day when Christ himself will establish a kingdom on this earth. Now, many don't believe that. John said, I saw a new city, a new heaven, a new earth, new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven 1,500 square miles. This world is racing towards this. We get to realize that God is not controlled by time. He operates outside of time. He invented time, created time. 
He intervenes in time. He moves in times. He's dispensational, of course, but he is never, ever controlled by time. The Bible declares there's coming a day when time, as we know it, will be no more. There'll be no more Eastern Standard, Mountain Central Time, and all this stuff. There'll be no clocks or calendars because the time is in Jesus Christ. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except it be through me. So he's he's ultimately going to establish a kingdom on this earth. But we must be patient. We must endure. Patience means to endure. Matthew 24, those that endure unto the end shall be saved. Now, the tribulation saints are going to endure a lot more than we're enduring, but nevertheless, we're going to have to endure now. The man puts his hand to the plow, the Bible says he's not worthy, and looks back, he's not worthy of the kingdom of God. We can't stop now. We've got to go forward. Our footsteps are ordered of the Lord. And he'll meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Think about that today. So we stand on the word of God. And Jesus is coming back soon. And he will, he will establish a kingdom. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. We stand on the word of God. And the kingdom will be established on this earth at his second coming. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Of course, he's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, which he preached. Wherein I suffer trouble. Listen. As an evil door, even in the bonds, but the word of God is not bound. It reigns on the just and the unjust. In this world, you have to relation. I just Christian and sinner alike. It reigns on all of us. Well, the old saying is, bad things happen to people, period. See, but the word of God is not bound. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying, verse 11, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Man, that's something. It's a faithful saying. For these words are faithful and true. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Revelation eleven fifteen, And the seventh angel sounded, and there was great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Future. This is future. This is coming. Patient. Job said, For I will wait all the days of my life for my change. Knowing today that he is our strength. It's not we that live, but it's Christ who lives through us and in us. 
world is the majority of the world does not receive him. Oh, they say he's a good teacher. They say he was one of many good men. No, he was God. And he was God incarnate. He was the Son of God. So John was on the Isle of Patmos, an island about 37 miles southwest of Metellus in the Aegean Sea. And he was there for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I said before, he wasn't there because he was a murderer, a killer. He was there because of his stand for the Lord. Okay, verse 10. And I was in the spirit. For God is a spirit, must worship him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. That letter, that, 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 that spirit is capitalized, which is the Holy Ghost. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Let's say it's a trumpet. It says as of a trumpet, that, that brassy sound that comes from a trumpet or a brass instrument. Noticeable, loud, distinct. A great voice. What's that great voice of Jesus Christ? Now it says here he was he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He'd already been called up. Now he's on the spirit on the Lord. Now the Lord's day doesn't necessarily mean Sunday. It means the day belonging to the Lord. Every day belongs to the Lord. But this means throughout his judgment. When the end of all things is coming. This is the day set aside where God does what he said he was going to do. This is the day belonging to the Lord. Men have designated days down through the years as holidays and on and on and on. But this is the Lord's day. This is where he changes things. This is where he takes back the earth. Or takes back the title deed of the earth. This is where the powers of darkness will be bound up. This is the Lord's day. This is a time of restitution, of, 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 of restoration, time of new beginnings. That's why we need to be faithful. There's better days ahead for the child of God. You have to believe that today. Don't give up. Don't give up. Ask, ask the Lord to put steel in your spine. It's not always easy because there's days we don't feel saved. We don't feel this or that. There's days we, 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 we feel weak. But when we are weak, he is strong. He's our incoming and our outgoing. See, the book of Revelation, just not signs and symbols and prophecy, which it is all those things, but it's hope. It's, it's, it's comfort. That's why we're blessed when we read it. This is God fulfilling all the things he said he would do. This, these are days that are coming, see. The voice of a great trumpet. John was in total union and total fellowship with the Holy Ghost. He was unctioned by the Holy Ghost. The, the first century church did everything under the unction of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, the quickening spirit that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, uh, God's ambassador. He said, I'll send you one back that will lead you and guide you in all truth and all righteousness. John the Baptist said, there's one coming who shoe latch if I'm not worthy to unlatch. He said, I baptize you with water, but you hear the answer, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. 
Verse 11. This is what the voice said. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book. And send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Samaria, unto Pergamos, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. The seven churches of Asia Minor, which are types of the condition of the church today. We have something to learn from this epistle, epistles that Jesus wrote to the seven churches. Verse 12, and I turned to see the voice. There's voices in the world, a lot of them. There's only one distinct voice. He says in John 10, for my sheep know my voice. And another, help us today, Lord, they will not follow. You can admit today, if you've been on this people planet a length of time, that there have been voices to influence your life. There's only one true distinct voice of the shepherd, the good shepherd. Many say they are shepherds, but they leave the flock. We're talking about the one that leaves the 99 to go get the one, see? who is the good shepherd. He says, I come that you might have life and have life more abundant. He said, and I turned to see the voice that spake unto me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. The seven golden candlesticks are are a symbol of the seven churches. Verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candles, and now here we start seeing something. We see we we see the glorification of our Lord and Savior. We can remember back when the, the, he was transfigured before the three disciples. His glory shone. Elijah and Moses showed up. He, of course, he was glorified when he was when he ascended, and the Bible says, "In like manner shall the same Jesus descend." That's just a fact. Well, how long was he going to be? I don't know how long it's going to be. I'm not a date setter. God help those that do. Because the Bible tells us not to to set dates. The Father knows. He's coming. What day? I don't know. But we need to love his appearing. He said, and the patience, I'm going to read to you, and the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ, the waiting, the endurance of waiting, the hope that there's a better day coming. And amidst the seven candlesticks, one unlike to the Son of Man. Wow. Who's the Son of Man? Jesus Christ. Daniel, the three Hebrew boys wouldn't bow to this image that Nebuchadnezzar had formed in fashion, which I believe was his own image. These old-time kings had a Messiah problem or Messiah complex. You know, they thought their kingdom would never end. But we read in Daniel where God puts in kingdoms and brings kingdoms down. See, uh, there's always always an end to man. Man only goes so far, as far as God allows him to go. Okay. So, in the midst of seven candlesticks, like unto one of the Son of Man, with a garment down to the foot and a girt about the paps with a golden girdle. This shows a glorification. Now, as I said, in the book of Daniel, the three Hebrew boys would not bow to this image, and the Bible declares that Nebuchadnezzar had the furnace stoked up seven times hotter than it's ever been, threw them in, and then looked in, which, by the way, these flames killed some of the guards that, that 
threw him in there. How many did we cast into the furnace? And they said, Okay, three. He said, I see four. And I see the three Hebrews loosed in the fire, but I see this one as the Son of Man, which I believe was Jesus Christ. I believe he showed up several times in the Old Testament. Like unto the Son of Man, which is Jesus Christ, clothed with the garment down to the foot and girt about the path with a golden girdle. So Jesus is the center, the head of the church. Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, that upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against that which I have purchased with my own blood. So Jesus Christ is the head of the church, the centerpiece of the church, the point of all activity. He sent his Holy Spirit back as his ambassador. The Holy Spirit sticks with us, guides us, leads us, teaches us, fills us, comforts us when we yield ourselves completely unto him. Jesus Christ is in charge. All dominion, all power has been given. The Bible says all things were created by him and for him. Okay. In Daniel chapter 7, verse 13 through 14, and Daniel saw a vision, and he said, I saw in the night visions that behold one like the Son of Man. There's that word again. Son of Man in the Old Testament, Son of Man in the New Testament. Son of Man, Jesus Christ. I saw the night vision, behold, like when the Son of Man came, listen, with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days. Who's the Ancient of Days? God Almighty, the Father. And they brought him near before him. Now listen to what it says in verse 14. Very important. And there was given him, the pronoun him is for Jesus Christ, given him dominion, all dominion, and glory, all glory, and a kingdom. Hmm. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You've got to get it in your head that things are rushing towards a kingdom. And the kingdom's not here yet in its fullness, its power, but it's coming. I believe there's an acceleration for I must redeem the time for the days are evil. Taco, the uh, taco, which is the Greek, which means acceleration or, or increased RPMs, where we get the word tachometer. And there was given him. Think meditate on these things today. Dominion. Who, who's got all dominion and power? Jesus Christ. We see men today struggling for it. And for a time in the season, they will have, quote unquote, power. And they seek different methods. They, they seek the powers of darkness for power. It's going on right now. But all dominion and all glory and all power is given unto him which is Jesus Christ. And he's got a kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Listen, that all people, universal, all nations and all languages, listen, shall serve him. Listen what it says. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not pass away. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. When Daniel was interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream and a rock falls off a mountain, a rock made without hands and falls on the ten toes made of iron and clay 
And all the kings of the world become tumbling down. There's one kingdom, there's one left. When the dust clears, Jesus Christ is going to be Lord of this earth. This earth is not going to be destroyed. Renovated, yes. With a fervent heat, the elements shall melt. The Bible declares this. This is coming. This is what the Bible says. I believe what the Bible says. This great book. But his kingdom will pass away. And his kingdom will never, ever be destroyed. And the father said to the son, set by my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. These things are future. He was clothed with a garment down to the foot. Indicates the position of a priest. He's priest, king, servant. In the order of Melchizedek, the Bible declares, who was king of Salem, also was priest, who Abraham paid tithes to. And Melchizedek brought him bread and wine. And his girt and path with a golden girdle. It's also indication of being a king and a priest. So we see this vision of the glorified Jesus. We get excited about that. Damned across again. That's been done once and for all. He took his own blood behind the veil and put it on the mercy seat for our sins. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Verse 14. And his head, this is continuing the vision of his glor- of his of his glorification, already glorified. His head and his hairs were white like wool. As white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. His, his head and his hair were light like wool. This is a uh, also a king, or that which is of authority, majestic. Remember, I just read you, all power and all authority was given unto him. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Now, this is the, those eyes that can look through you, portraying a... Uh, uh, penetrating knowledge, a scrutiny, a fierce judgment, where men will not be able to look upon him. The Bible says they'll wail at his coming. These eyes will be a part of why every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Verse 15, we go on with this vision. And his feet, like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice, <clears throat> pardon me, as a sound of, <clears throat> pardon me, many waters. His feet like a fine brass, as if tried and burned in a furnace. And his voice, there's that word again, voice of a sound as many waters, very intimidating. Now, brass signifies his humanity. The voice of all the waters is a voice of power. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says that Jesus came and spoke unto him, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Who's it given to? Who's Lord? Who's Lord? Who's Lord? I don't believe it. There'll be a day you will. There'll be a day that your tongue will confess if you resist him and your knee will bow and you will say that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
coming. Verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And his hand seven stars. This represents the seven churches. Out of his mouth went a two-edged sword. Of course, this represents the word of God, which is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It cuts asunder, divides, and discerns every spirit. That which he speaks will not come back void, but will do that which he sent it to do. And his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. It represents his glory. Think about this. So how did John react to this? How did Isaiah react in Isaiah 6? When he saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And the angels of the Lord were flying around saying, holy, holy, holy. Indicating God's a thrice holy. How did he react? He said, I am a man of unclean lips. Oh, that we'd be humble today before God. The Bible says, humble yourself in due time, you'll be exalted. We cannot operate in the Holy Ghost under pride or haughtiness. The only spirit that God receives is the spirit that is broken and contrite. Verse 17, and when I saw him, I felt as he, this is his reaction, as dead. And he laid his right hand, now the right hand is always the hand of power, this is where the scepter is going to be, upon me, saying unto me, fear not, these are the words of Jesus, I am the first and the last. I've got this. I'm Alpha and Omega. Jehovah, God Almighty, is the eternal, self-existing spirit of Almighty God that didn't have a beginning, that was not created. He is the creator. Where did he come from? I know nothing about it. What the Bible says, he was always was and always will be. Moses said, whom shall I say since? Tell him that, that, that I am that I am, that Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, has sent me, has sent, sent you. Fear not, I am first and last. Fear not. I am first of last. Now the Bible says here that John felt his felt his feet as dead. In other words, John probably said, "This is it. I've arrived. I'm this is where I'm going to die. I have I I, I have looked out eye at the glory of God, which is the Son. <clears throat> we can't dwell in His presence. We die. <laughs> we die. There's grace given here." Moses said, let me see you. And the Bible declares that he passed in the shadows. And 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 uh, he couldn't look, look, look on him because he would die. His glory. And his countenance was as the sun shines in his strength. That's also his glory. And then the Lord said, fear not, you're not going to die. Because I've got you. I'm the first, I'm the last. He alone is God, the creator, the maker of histories, everything. All in all. Verse 18. 
that goes on to speak here. And the rest and, and the, the rest of the chapter is Christ speaking. I am he that lives, that liveth, was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Let it be. That's what he says. And have the keys of hell and of death. Hmm. He took captivity captive. Who had the keys of hell and death? Well, that'd be Satan. Who took him away? Jesus Christ at the cross. The book, the book of Colossians one sixteen. For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Talking about Jesus Christ. He's also the creator. In the beginning, Elohim. But God had the plurality. All these things are mysteries. I understand all that. But Jesus Christ is Lord. He said, I am he that lives. He's one that said, I'll never die. In him was life. He said, I come into my have, have life and have more abundant life. He's the fountain. He's the source to give life to others. He is immortal to live forevermore. As Jesus Christ is, so shall we be. Paul talks about it in First Corinthians chapter 15. And mortality will put on immortality. Corruption will put on incorruption. Thank you, Lord. John 1, 4 says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 13, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Jesus Christ, who before Pontius Pilate would say good confession, that that thou keep his commandments without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the patience of waiting John talked about, which is verse, verse 15, 1 Timothy chapter 6, which is his times he shall show, who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen or can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. Flesh cannot stand before God. Got to be redeemed, rejuvenated, regenerated by the power of an almighty God. He said, I was dead. He comes our high priest who once took his blood behind the veil. And he died for all of our sin. We know this. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Death is totally Defeated. He's the first fruits of the dead because he resurrected on the third day. We don't have to die. I heard a person say the other day, she said, that death is the hardest thing we ever do because we weren't created to die. But in this life, in this world, without Jesus Christ, we die. The point another man wants to die and then the judgment. But in him, we have everlasting life. He said, Behold, I am alive forevermore, and have the keys of hell and death. In other words, this, he has the discretion for the power of judgment according to the lives that people live, where people spend eternity. 
Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I knew you not. He will speak at the white throne. Enter in, my good and faithful servant, and the joys of the Lord. He will speak at the beam of seat, the judgment seat of Christ. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. For he is our peace. Who have made both one, have broken down us in the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enemy or the hostility, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make himself of twain one new man, so making peace. He have broken down the middle wall of partition, separation point. The veil no longer stands between us and God. We've been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, for we can go boldly, Hebrews says, before the throne of God with our supplications because of the blood. Because he doesn't look at us, he looks at the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which we have no righteousness except his righteousness. Verse 19, he tells John, write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The verse, this verse is uh, a, a key of understanding. The things you've seen, the things which are now, the things shall be here. It's broken up in, in three sections. The things that are concerns the seven churches we're about to study. The things that hereafter concerns the events after the rapture of the church and the great tribulation and the eternity. Three categories. Pretty simple, really. We are looking at the things that will be. After chapter 4, the church is mentioned no more. Of course, he's writing to the church. Churches, the physical churches, the day and age, who, who, who portray the conditions and the types of the modern day church. Verse 20. He said, the mystery of the seven stars, which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars, listen, are the angels of the seven churches or the pastors, and the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches. This is where you're going to start writing to the seven churches, which we will next session. So the these pastors which belong to Christ and the seven stars are the angels or the pastors, the seven churches are the seven cans which you saw are seven churches, this represents the entirety of the church age as we know it, all the conditions, all the conditions, all the types we are drawing close to the end of the church age in John 1 verse 23 John the Baptist said, he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. He said, as said of the prophet Isaiah, make straight the way of the Lord. We're coming to the end of the church age. We need to warn people. We need to be that watchman. Watch, oh, watch, oh, watchman. Watch, watch. That the day don't come upon us unaware. That we don't get caught up in the flood of delusion that's in this world today. That we don't get caught up in the flood of seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, which are out there right now. That we be not deceived, Jesus said in Matthew 24. Take heed that no man deceive you by no means. So the 
one of the great weapons of the powers of darkness, Satan himself, is the power of deception. The Bible says he can portray himself as an angel of light. He can even preach the gospel. He knows the word of God. When he tempted Jesus Christ, he said, it is written. It is written in the scriptures. But Jesus fulfilled the word, so he said right back, it's written this or that. That man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So this tired of this book is about Jesus Christ. Now we can get caught up in the signs and the symbols and the dates and the times and the chronology. I understand all that. And we need to study to show ourselves approved. Their work beneath not to be ashamed. We need to rightly divide, but we need to see Jesus in this. And every T will be crossed, every I will be dotted. He's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. In him is the fullness of time. He came to earth. He lived. He died. He resurrected. He died for our sins on the cross. He was resurrected. That that we die with him, we shall be resurrected with him. He's our hope, our blessed hope. Look for his appearing. He's coming soon. And are you ready? Lay aside, Hebrews says, every weight of sin that so easily beset us. Keeping us from our destiny. Read the Word of God and know it is the Word of God inspired by God. Given by inspiration of God to equip the men and women of God that they might know the truth. And the Bible says to know the truth will set us free. World's full of lies. Jesus said from the beginning, Satan was a liar and a murderer. And he said of the religious crowd, you are of your father. Satan, that's tough stuff. Yes, sir. That wouldn't, that wouldn't fly well today. But the fact is, we're either controlled by one or the other. Such things being neutral, we're either controlled by one or two spirits. <clears throat> Pardon me. The spirit of God the spirit of the powers of darkness. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual warfare. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and wickedness in high places. Do you know Jesus Christ today? Do you know him? Are you cultivating your relationship with him? Are you dormant in your walk with God? Many things arise in our lives that want to bind us. The Bible talks about strongholds. Tearing down vain imaginations or strongholds. All Christians fight these things. Peter said, think it not strange of the fiery trials which try you. In this world that's ready you today, you have tribulation or pressure. Pressure, trouble, anguish, sorrow, heartache. It's part of living in a fallen world. We can't get around that. No matter how you paint it, it's the way that it is. I'm not preaching doom and gloom. I'm just preaching reality. But in Jesus Christ... We overcome all these things. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer, he said. He said, I'm Lord. I'm Master. No one comes to the Father except it be through me. <clears throat> so if you don't know Jesus Christ today, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... 
and shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth under, uh, under righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture hath saith, Whosoever believe on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon his name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall save. I call him the name every day. We think it's a one-time thing every day. I call on the name of the Lord. For no other name under heaven can a man be saved except to be through the name of Jesus Christ. For there's power in that name. All principalities, principalities and powers kneel unto him. When he put his foot on the island of the Gadarenes, the, the spirits begin to cry out, O thou Son of God, why have you come to torment us before our time? He's Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. He's Lord. Well, that's just being closed-minded. No, that's truthful. You can't drag everything else beside him. He's elevated. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so when you lift me up, I will draw all men unto me. And when they looked upon this serpent, the snakes quit biting them. Snakes being a type of Satan. Snakes being a type of torment and death. But Jesus Christ delivered us from all that. In him, you shall have life and more abundant life. He'll save your soul. He'll set you free. He'll heal your body. Touch your mind. Touch your body. Touch your physical. Meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Humble yourself before God. In due time, you'll be exalted. Be broken and contrite before him because he cannot move in a prideful spirit or a hard age, but he won't. He won't. The Bible says he won't come to fore fall on a hearty spirit before destruction. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord, for your word. And we ask you today, Lord, as it goes forth, that you do with the, what needs to be done. You know, every individual is going to hear this word today. You see every situation, every need, Lord, in their lives, in their hearts, in their minds. Lord, I ask you today, Lord, that you touch those that are fighting chronic illness. Lord, you know the one that we're praying for right now in our church, God, who's fighting chronic illness. We ask you, Lord, that deliverance would come to this young lady in Jesus' name, that you touch her from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. And we come in the power of agreement, Father. You said we're two or three agree on any one thing that shall be done, and we ask you, Lord, that you touch her. She's tired, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to lift her up, encourage her in Jesus' name. Touch her, Lord. Even give her a miracle. Give a miracle to those, Lord, who's fighting all these things, God, who are at the end of their rope. They have no answers for what's going on in their lives. Save souls. Deliver our minds today. You were chastised for our peace of mind. It's your word. You overcame. You, Lord, you nailed the law to the cross, every ordinance that's against us. And you exposed every power of darkness and defeated him at the cross. You won the battle, Lord. The battle's already won. Help us walk in that today. Strengthen your people today. Encourage them today. That's families, Father. My Lord, all the confusion and the situations and the problems. We ask you to move in Jesus' name for your glory. For your glory, holy God, for your glory. You said in your word, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. 
For this is the heritage, the heritage of the children of God. And we thank you, Lord. Touch those today, Lord, that are bound by drugs, alcohol, perversion, whatever it might be. Set them free in the name of Jesus for your glory. Amen and amen. Until next time, God bless. This has been Truth in the Word with Pastor Jim Newsom on Christian Survival Radio. Our email address is truthintheword777 at gmail.com. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up, for Jesus is coming soon.